I'm your host, Sergio. Manny's not in right now, but we do have a special guest. He's a returning guest. He's with me on all the best podcasts possible because according <laughs> to YouTube, he is in the highest viewed video so far in YouTube. Please welcome back, Mr. Eric Rodriguez. Hey, what's good, Sergio? Hey, good to be back. Yeah, to continue back on this uh podcast so yeah um today we got a really special episode because we eh, we've been holding out holding it off for a minute because uh you know the whole move and this whole thing that i'm doing and also manny's pretty busy i'm pretty busy eric's pretty busy and we wanted to make an episode on a very important movie cinema history and that is 1982's Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. I mean, I uh, I wanted to talk about this movie for a while. I know it's not like really like uh, everyone's cup of tea, but it is a very important movie that I think it should be like um, discussed about, you know. Uh, there's plenty of people that talked about it like at endless, um, just pretty much endlessly. And, you know, today's no different. Well, I guess it's different because we have us. So, you know, every perspective, every opinion is different. So uh, that's why I wanted to have you on, Eric. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this movie, this, this film, like, it, 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 it does get discussed. It does come up in conversation, you know, from time to time. Um. The first time that I heard it, like you know, brought up like in like like in a like it, like with the recognition that it does deserve, huh. was in uh, film class. I believe you took the same film class too at uh, the community college that we went to. Um, oh, did you take film. it? Oh, did you take it with her? Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, she yeah. brought it up and she oh, she really? she hyped it up. She was like, yeah. You know how, you know, couples have, you know, a song? Well, me and my husband, that's our movie. <laughs> really? I, she said that? <laughs> yeah, she said that. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, I didn't expect yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, she never told us about that. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, like, not uh, class specifically. We did talk about different movies because of different, like, uh, aspects of films. Like, one week it'll be like, oh, they constantly cinematography the other days like the sound design or whatever so i mean i i don't think i saw like anything like that in the class or mentioned i i don't know if it was in the textbook either so she she brought it up i, f I forget yeah. what what we, what part of like the semester we were in like what part of film we were in but she brought it up um we didn't see it like she it wasn't one of the movies that um she uh, she used to, uh, that she that, that 
that she did decided to like do a screening of. You get me? Okay. Um, you remember like what aspect she was associated was... with? Was what? Uh, yeah, like uh, sorry, I'm not too sure. Okay. I, 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 I want to say cinematography. Yeah, but I'm not too sure. I mean, cause yeah, I mean that that would make sense, right? Yeah, the, the, this 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 uh this movie cinematography does get some you know critical acclaim, right? Yeah, it's like it's yeah, it, yeah it's discussed about because this is before like uh any color getting was done, so you know the use of like color lights or you know like using like color filters on the lights is pretty much used in this movie to like set up the mood and whatnot so yeah, yeah. i could see, yeah i could see why like oh the cinematography totally does make the difference of the mood but, yeah yeah this is a master class in like that department definitely so you know i mean we're not just going to talk about like that aspect but also like the whole story and you know the legacy that it's brought and whatnot and uh, especially diving into like the sci-fi world you know because the it is based on a book really but not to the core it's just like loosely loosely based on it so we'll, we'll talk about that and okay. all, its, all its implications so you know but before that before that we'll yeah say that for later yeah <laughs> for i'm like trying to transition before that let's talk about the beers <laughs> okay right. so uh I'll, I'll start off um so i got this beer it's called i i know it's like inverted and whatnot but it's the dankster so i pretty much got it because it reminds me of like um this movie is a new neo noir and of course like the uh, gangster movies are kind of like that too so i thought it was just like oh yeah you know like they they have like their suits and whatnot and it's like very like in that time but also futuristic so you know i thought i brought this it's a double ipa it's from lead dog ring company i know we've had some couple of their beers before in the past so yeah this is cool this is at 88.8 ibu is like 90 so it's gonna be pretty bitter <laughs> can't wait um right. yeah what do you got <laughs> Alright, well, I got two, but I think I'm gonna go with this one for the first one. Okay. Fracture reality. Fracture reality. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's good. I don't know. Just I like the imagery. Honestly, both of these mirrors, like I just, I was looking for something like that that fits the, an image that fits like you know the the theme. Yeah. And I don't know. They just kind of seem to fit that the theme. Yeah, that kind of does. The whole. Yeah, you know, in some sense, it kind of does. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got both of these at Ramirez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this so I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you've had this one. Uh, I actually have not had that one before. No, nah? nah. well, it's uh by Fractured uh, Reality. No, oh wait, it's not Crafted Reality. I'm sorry, Fractured Reality. It's called. Oh, uh, Fractured Reality. Okay. Yeah. Who's the brewery? The brewery is Mother Earth Brew Company. Oh shit, that's cool. Yeah, they Everybody. made the creams to go 
I think that's what it was called. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Manny What's actually that? liked it. Yeah. Um, Manny. Okay. Not that beer specifically, but they made a beer called the Creamsicle. Yeah. I think it was called the Creamsicle, and it was like a little like van in the back, and then oh no, it was like a paletero or some shit, or mm-hmm. you know, some a nice cream truck. I don't remember, oh, but yeah. I'll look it up. Did he get it from Ramirez or where? Uh, I forgot where he got it from. He got it from somewhere else, but I'm pretty sure he didn't get it from Ramirez. But yeah, yeah, Ramirez is cool. You guys, I mean, uh, in that area of, um, I'm not gonna say specifically, but you know that local uh, shop, uh, it's pretty cool. I liked it. I got introduced to that to one of my friends. Uh, He's actually been in the show, Felipe. He's um yeah he showed me because it was like by his house and then we would just get beers there whenever like we would hang out we're just like oh dude this is fucking this is alcoholic disneyland it's fucking cool <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so you know it's when i was hazy IPA. yeah yeah do you have anything to read in the back or is it like well you're a nominee like i'm not that well versed on you know beer especially compared to you and manny yeah uh well, I'm saying, saying, I'm, well, I'm saying, like, do you have anything that's you could read from the beer can? Yeah. A uh, Dorado Citra Triumph. Uh, alcohol value is seven point five. Let me see. And that's pretty much it. Doesn't really have like a description. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I turned it up for that. No, you good. Yes. <laughs> It's like not, but not all of them had descriptions on them, so it's like no? yeah, right. All right. So what I do is just like I kind of showed my beer. There's gonna be like a screenshot or something. All right, yeah, you're good. Damn, my shit's just like disappearing. I'm just like showing this fucking thing. <laughs> when when I first is. started reading it, I thought I said like Dankenstein or something. I was like. <laughs> That's Dang. not a bad it's name a like a beer or something. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. I I like yours. That shit looks fucking cool. The graphics look fucking cool. Man. Yeah. All right, man. Cheers. From afar. <laughs> For sure. From Covina, right. from Covina to Daly City. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I I'll open my... Open. <laughs> Woo. Yeah, I had this graphic. Change for a fucking while. Okay. This is pretty good. Yeah. For IPAs, this should be good. I'm not the biggest fan of IPAs. I mean, they're good, but not my go-to. You get me? Yeah. Mm. I like this one. This one's just like a unique taste. It doesn't. I thought I was gonna expect like a little bit more thickness or more herbiness. Um, remember the beer that I offered you? It was the yeah. Elysian. It was the dank IPA. <laughs> now like a little yeah. hop, and it was just like low eyes and shit. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be like that because it's like uh, it's a dank beer. And I thought, yeah. and I thought it was gonna be like a little more herbier, but I could kind of taste it, but it's not like overpowering like everything. It's just like, no, it's okay. So it's like, uh, it's fine. It's fine. But it's pretty smooth. I like it. Um, it's not as bad as I thought. It's like, even though it's like the IBU is 90, I'm like, 
my marriage is used to it. I don't know. Mm. But yeah, it's pretty good. Um I'll come to it and rate it, if anything, just to like see how it sits with me. It's all good. But yeah. Um yeah, man, let's get started on this movie. I mean, I know this is your first time watching it, so what did you initially thought about this movie? As soon as the credits were on, you were like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, you know, from previous discussions and then that one class, I, I kind of gathered, you know, I, that it that it is kind of like a futuristic science fiction, you know, uh, piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, I was already expecting that. Um... And of course, it was during um, Harrison, uh, Harrison's, Harrison Ford's, you know, era when you know yeah. he was, you know, yeah, when he was peak Ford. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, I mean, too. he's still, you know, an icon, but you know, that was like, you know, his era, like when he was doing, you know, Indiana Jones and all that. Yeah, that's right. Stuff. Yeah, um, and yeah, you just see why he was. Like the guy, you know. Um, I was surprised to read uh, Edward James almost like like you know his yeah. name on the on the on the, on the beginning credits. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. this this is pretty nice. And then you watch the movie. He's like, why is he speaking Japanese? He was so committed to it too. You could, you yeah. Could see it. <laughs> yeah, but, it, you know I respect. It. I'm laughing, but you know I respect it. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I do too. I was like, it's like one of those movies. I'm glad he's in because like it is set in L.A., so there's like a bit of a multicultural thing going on yeah. there too. You know, so yeah. like they're in Japan town or you know some area where it's just like um more towards like you know Japanese, but also like you know like all cultures of people live there. You know, you got. Uh, Mexican Americans living there, African Americans, uh, uh, Koreans go to Koreatown. Uh, I mean, besides Koreatown, that Chinatown, Japan, uh, definitely a lot of Armenians in the Glendale area. Shout out to them. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's good to see that type of stuff, and also just to see him as like like in the eighties, like having like a like a Latino actor having to be like in that type of role. He's like, oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry, folks. Yeah. You know how it is. If you watch the previous episodes, it's always kind of been an issue. It's an issue on my end. So that's, that's what goes on. Um, or was I? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm glad to see like someone that was like in the eighties, like, having to like, yeah. Having to, um, uh, have an actor like that, just, uh, uh, being this type of movie, you know, like when, when like you know, uh, I'm saying you know too much. When the majority of like Hollywood, especially like during that era or at that time of the era, was just like prim- primarily white, and then having to like having him to be in it, it's just like oh, that's a surprise. But I mean, besides him, also like James Hong, who is a very fam- famous like Chinese actor that is in everything like literally everything and he always seems like he's like the same age like he's just the older chinese dude and then you see him in this movie it's like oh shit that's the guy from seinfeld 
<laughs> you know, and then he was also in like he was also the grappler from um everything everywhere all at once. So it's just like oh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, remember? Like it's just it's like good to see that cat. And um yeah, I mean besides them, you also got Daryl Hannah who's uh a lot of people don't associate this, but she's in the eighties she was in Roxanne. She was Know, that character Roxanne. Uh also like newer movies like newest I could think of is like Kill Bill. She was um uh what's her name? Ellie? I forgot. It was Ellie or something. It was like it was the uh it was that one chick that really hated her. He literally wanted to kill her like at in the beginning. But then like Bill pretty much said like oh yeah uh don't kill her. And he's like what this is bullshit he had like that one eye patch, and then in the part two, like the other eye came out into <laughs> yeah. line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, she plays Pris on this one, so it's pretty cool to actually see like cast that's like, you know, um, that's pretty cool. Everyone's on their A game on this, and it's a very interesting casting choice. Everything. Um, at the time, Harrison Ford. They did water in Harrison Ford because of those reasons that you said he was at his peak. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people think it's like, oh, Harrison Ford is in the sci-fi movies. It's like kind of like Star Wars. Like, yeah, it is like Star Wars. Like Star Wars. <laughs> you know, there's, there's certain things like it is like Star Wars. Like, I would say like the use of miniatures in that movie is just, you know, all over the place. It still holds up to this day, you know? <laughs> yeah. But um, besides that, um, I don't remember the first time I watched this. To be honest, I have. Um, I think like in, I think it was like in high school I watched it. I think I watched it like in cable or something, but I don't remember which cut it was because there's like eight different cuts of this movie. If you guys aren't aware, <laughs> yeah. But you know, like I think it was, I think it was the international cut that um they had back in the days. But it wasn't until like 2007 that they had like the direct, no, the final cut. Yeah. The final. Yeah, it was the final cut. Yeah, the director's cut, I think, came out in the early 90s, like 90. 92. Yeah, I remember because I saw a video on it yesterday. So I think it was 92. And yeah, yeah, I I heard uh, Ridley Scott doesn't stand by it, though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was because like he actually didn't have any like. Um, saying it, it says this is the director's cut, but really, like the studio kind of got involved and said, like, oh, well, this is the closest thing to really want. What really wants is just like, and he's like, no, this is not what I fucking want. <laughs> yeah, so, so he has no like creative control over it. Yeah, and I was just like, fuck, like you gotta fight for that cut. So he actually did, and it's like, fuck, now we have like eight cuts of that movie. It's like, this has never been a movie that does that before. Like, there's certain movies where it's, like, the theatrical cut, and then it's, like, the director's cut, and then that's it. You know, but we never had, like, eight. I was just like, fuck, like, how does that even happen? A lot of disagreement, I guess, among the exhibitors. Yeah. yeah. Talking about disagreements, really, Scott and Harrison Ford got into it. Well, not, like, physically, but just, like, going back and forth, like, creative, uh, for creative reasons, they weren't like on the same page on things so there was like a lot of um back and forth on that which i could see really scott's 
pretty hard on director and Harrison Ford like you know really does have his way I think so you know yeah that, but I mean I mean this isn't like the only film they worked on right no this is the only film that I ever worked on I thought about no. it for a while and I was like Wait, this is, I think this is the only movie they worked on together well, okay well that happens you know you meet a, an actor or like a director like just another artist that you're collaborating with and you know yeah you find out you you don't speak the same language because i mean they're both good you can't deny yeah. that they're both they're both they both know what they're doing you get me yeah. but that doesn't mean they're always gonna be on the same page yeah and exactly. that's fine you know yeah it's fine it happens it's just you know one person takes it the other way the other person takes it another it's like uh, uh two two people don't think the same as one you know yeah. Like, you know, but as long as they're like in similar pages or the same way, or just you know on the same page, that could work. You know, this is like oh, okay, that that works for me here and there, whatever. Yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, just speaking on that too. Um, the theatrical cut actually had like a, it had narration, it had like a voiceover, and freaking um. Harrison Ford didn't like it. So he was like against it, even though he did the voiceovers. And I kind of listened to some clips of the, the theatrical cut, and it kind of sounds like, it doesn't really sound that great. It doesn't sound natural, because like, the way that Harrison Ford like talks, it's just like, it just sounds lazy. It's like, and then I did this. But yeah, it, it, sound, it sounded like he just wasn't trying hard enough because I don't think he liked going back and having to do those like voice um that voice job and it it's reported that he actually did try to do it but a lot of people are saying like oh it's because he was like he didn't like it and he was like half-assed so he just like half-assed it through it and that's why it sounds bad so I there's two sides of the argument so I'm not really too sure but to me it sounds like kind of it's weird it sounds weird. Well, I mean, I haven't seen it or anything, but I just yeah. saw the final cut. Uh, yeah, sounds like I might agree with with Harrison Ford. I mean, well, I I don't know if it sounds weird or anything because I haven't heard it, but I, I mean, I would you... say, I mean, I would ask, is it necessary? Because I saw the film, well, well, and I was it's like, up to mm, you. I mean, I, I was thinking without yeah, it. Yeah, because I'm gonna ask you, like, do you feel like they're needs to be narration like would that add a little bit more to like the story maybe to the um neo-noir aspect yeah you get me yeah like to to make it more more under that category but i mean to tell a story no yeah just to you know the only purpose that i could see for it just to make it more neo-noir like Make it, you know. Yeah, that's what I, that's what they were going for and stuff. Uh, also, the I, I forgot to mention this, but the I think one of the main reasons why they added narration is because they had a test audience, and the test audience were confused. They didn't know what was going on, so they just needed like uh, a voice to actually like you know explain it to them. But I mean, nowadays, like if you do narration in any movie, it's just fucking lazy writing. To explain everything, it's just lazy writing. But yeah, you know, 
Depends. I mean, there's some movies that 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 do it pretty well. Yeah. Like the 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 one the example that comes to mind is um the film the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Ford. Mm. You've seen that, yeah. right? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, like the narration in that movie in that film works really well. But it, I mean, it's a specific type of narration. It's almost like like documentary style narration yeah yeah you know yeah definitely yeah yeah so so that's i feel like that's why it works um and it i don't know i mean it's been a while since i've seen that that film i don't think they did it to like you know uh spoon feed the audience and letting them know you know what's going on yeah. just because they were confused i think there was more i would say it was more of a just like a creative element so the story yeah you know yeah it definitely gets uh-huh. it like a tone or a mood of that movie itself yeah so it's just like oh like it even gives it like that um because it's an actor acting for those time for that time so he's like you know using that language and having that tone and you know, having to tell that story about the players that was going on, I think it just adds a very unique aspect onto that film. So you know, yeah, uh, I, I like this one. Like this one was just like, I mean, yeah, the narration could have been better. Maybe if it was like engine bike, no, I don't know. I'm getting way into the, the narration, but you know, there's always a good difference between like good narration and then just an unnecessary one. You know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if they're going for a narration that to make it more neo noir, I'm thinking maybe more like um, Sin City, yeah. the way they did it, because yeah. that worked pretty well too. Yeah, well, well, I mean, that's that's more of a style, really. I would say because it's just like going into that that internal monologue that they have, and of course, like being neo noir, like they were going for that too. Like, oh, like he was just thinking about that, but I think. Uh, now remembering the um, the few clips that I did see, somewhere it did feel like it was kind of spoon fed, and then like uh, that part where I will, I mean, there's a whole spoiler alert on this whole fucking episode if you haven't seen it, obviously. But I mean that um, they did give a narration as soon as like uh, Batty dies, and then he was just saying like, oh, he like, what did he say? He uh, for him to die, it took a while. It felt like a pain, and then he was going kind of poetic on it. And it was like, yeah, we can see him dying. He's right there in the corner dying. We could see that. Like we don't, you know. And I, I get that he was being a little poetic, but he just didn't work. I was just like, okay, well, it's kind of weird. Because I think like just with the music and the score, the and just having that visual. Like in slow motion or close up, like I think it works, and we know what's going on. Like he just, oh, his time has come. Oh. You know? Yeah, I mean, like that's all we need. <laughs> it, it, it's, I mean, maybe it wasn't necessary, but I mean, I didn't mind it so much. I mean, I enjoyed, you know, uh, how poetic it was. Um, well, the narration, but the narration. I was talking about the narration on it, but. In the movie, it works oh. perfectly. Yeah, the final. Okay, now I get yeah. you. Okay, my bad. Yeah, you good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um. But yeah, the movie. Oh. Yeah, 
the cut that we're referring that we watched that we're actually gonna review is actually the final cut. Um, so that's basic, basically like you know the final cut, the ultimate cut that you know really Scott wanted. So that's the thing that we're referring to. That's the version that we're gonna dive into just based on what we saw, you know, and what we thought about and giving our thoughts on that. But uh, I do. I remember I watched the director's cut, and yeah. I think I still have it on my PS3. I have my PS3 on me. I brought it with me. The only thing is that I didn't bring the PS3 controller itself. Um, I think uh, I think I could have used the power supply from my PS4 to the PS3. I'm not sure, but I remember I had that I had that in my PlayStation 3. But um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, the first time I watched it, I it wasn't on my PS3, but I think I saw it in cable. And then later on, years later, I watched it again. But I mean, after watching it for the first time, and then um, I didn't watch it for a while since. And then I went into film school, and they mentioned it in film school, and they talk about the importance. And at the time I was young, and then they said, like, oh, what do you think about Blade Runner? I think I was talking to someone, um, one of my fellow students, uh, classmates, and we were just both thinking, like, ah, it's all right. Like, I didn't see anything special about it, you know. We we can't appreciate that type of film when we're young. But I think it's just, like, over the years and having to know about, like, ex- uh, the importance of ex- um existing and then having to go through life and having to you know really think about like um just like humanity in itself i think you grow older and having to understand it uh, as we grow is very important and also like you get to see you get to see and appreciate that those type of aspects of it of just life in itself and you know this movie is very much about that you know, like everyone has an expiration date, and you know this movie is about the human condition itself. So I come to appreciate it as I got older and watch it as like an older man and as a uh, older filmmaker. Uh, I definitely see like, yeah, this movie does deserve its significance or you know its um its attention to the fullest extent because it's very unique. You know, they don't yes, like uh, having studied, <laughs> my bad, not to kill you, but having, no, go so go, going to college and having studied, you know, the little bit of philosophy and the little bit of psychology that I have, does, does give you an appreciation for the, the, the themes of this film, you yeah, know? definitely. Um, it does have, it does have you appreciate it, like, you know, a bit more. Without that, I mean, obviously, I would have watched this film with a different perspective. I, I probably wouldn't have gone through it. <laughs> like, yeah, I, probably, I know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I just, like, what is this? I would have been like yeah. completely lost or something, you know? Yeah, I, I but, never taken philosophy, but I know you're a philosophy minor, so <laughs> I kind of dive into philosophy here and there. Um, so you know, I think. I think it's important as a filmmaker, as an artist, you have to kind of dive deep, well, not dive too deep, but, you know, dive in some depth 
burdensome um, level into philosophy because you know philosophy is about like having to have a question or a statement about life in itself and you know like as an artist you have something to say so when you have something to say it's like okay what are you trying to say in this piece of art you know so you you're pretty much like a little philosopher in itself and i learned that during this first semester well i didn't learn that but you know this is, i think this is the theme of my semester going through school through this semester it's like yeah everyone's a little philosopher and i uh i feel like that's gonna be the running theme of my semester i don't know i it just feels like we'll get into that in a whole different conversation but yeah, yeah. This is something yeah, this is something that people are trying to say something, trying to open up themes, trying to like um open up like just like the idea about AIs and humanity in itself. So it's like, you know, it's interesting. Well yeah, I mean, you know, philosophers they question everything. Yeah. You know? Um and so so do artists, you know? Yeah. Um so filmmakers and you know, writers and you know, actors and everything. Um and this film does bring up, you know, questions about existentialism and, you know, uh, the human condition. And, you know, I mean, the little bit of research that I did on this film, you know, the biggest question that pretty much goes unanswered is whether Deckard is a replicant or not. Yeah. And then, you know, I dove in a little deeper into that question and to just run into the question of what well, does it really matter? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's I mean, there's a difference. If yeah. by, by that level of, you know, that replicant, Nexus 6 or whatever, mm-hmm. is there a difference between, you know, a replicant and a human being? You know? Yeah. I mean, I think that's like, that's. I think that's like one of the questions that's diving deep. Like, do the emotions of like an AI, which was programmed to show human emotions to like its extended authenticity, does that validate as like, you know, a human being? Like, the only difference is just like, oh, well, they're artificial, but seemingly they have flesh just like us and they seem like us. But I mean, I mean, are they real? Are their memories and their emotions like validated by any point or any? Yeah, like um, they're obviously they those memories to the replicants. They obviously have you know subjective value to them. Yeah, you know they they care less if if they, they if those memories were and experiences were installed in them or if they actually happened. To them, it's it has value, and to them, it's something real. Yeah, um, which brings up the question of, well, does that make it objectively real, like like uh, obje- objectively valuable? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. I, I... Yeah, which is interesting, and it, it's an interesting question to ask in film, and it really goes unanswered, which I like, you know. Yeah. Because it's it's not someone shoving like an artist shoving their opinion at you like you know, yeah, um, it's like, open to yes, it doesn't matter or no, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like you know, it's just uh, it's up to you. Here's the question we're asking. We give you some, you know, 
something you can hold on to. Yeah. Um, so you can argue either side. Yeah, you something know? that gives you to think about, really. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think um, based on the source material, this is actually like uh, Philip K. Dick's novel. The original um, the title was based on, it was actually called, like, Do Electronic, uh, yeah, Do Robots Dream of Electronic Sheep, which is, you know, a question in itself, but also, like, sort of like an ironic satire on itself. Yeah. And, you know, having a question about, like, artificial intelligence and, like, if we were to make this and make it seem real, I mean, does that validate, like, oh, like, do they dream of electronic sheep? Because <laughs> we have, like, real sheep. Like, do they think of, like, you know, you know, so it's, like, yeah, it's a, it's a funny thing. It's a funny, like, title in itself. But, yeah, um, based on what I just heard, like, um, that book's kind of um, takes around this place about like um to similar circumstances the only difference is it takes place in san francisco and uh, i think like there's only a certain amount of humans that um are in the city and they're quarantined or whatever and then the rest of the world is just like contaminated with radi radiation and whatnot so uh they're going something else with that um setting but i think like the core themes are like still there and stuff and also, they uh, funny thing, another little uh, tidbit. Um, they actually bought the rights for a movie for a book called Blade Runner. It has nothing to do with like the movie, but they just liked the title so much that they had to like buy the rights to actually use that title for their title on the movie. So I was just like, oh, that's funny, <laughs> which is not bad because I, I think Blade Runner is like a really good title, you know. Like, it's just, like, kind of, um, what do I call it? It's not, ugh, I lost my train of thought. But it it just sounds right off, uh, good right off the tongue and stuff, you know? It just sounds like um, it could be its own term on itself, you know? It's like, oh, okay, that works. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was... Wondering about the title a little bit. Yeah, I don't know because I mean, again, I I, I never saw this uh, first time watching this film, and I don't know that just the title, the fact that it's science fiction. I don't know why I pictured you know, like fucking rollerblading or something. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not gonna like, lie, I kind of thought about like, that too. Like skates, you know, <laughs> it's like Blade Run. It just sounds like futuristic. It just sounds like I don't know, like fucking, um. What was that one movie? It was about rollerblading, but it was like a sport. And I was... Uh, fuck, I forgot. Hold on. Um, continue with that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me do something real quick. Uh, I'm not going to take that long. Um, who was in that movie? Who was in that movie? I don't remember. LL Cool J, I think. I think. LL <laughs> Cool J? Yeah. I forgot. All I remember is that everyone was... It was like, yeah, it was based on the sport, but I remember like girls and guys will shower together and it wasn't, st it was like sort of like Starship Troopers where it was just like kind of general, gender neutral. So it was just everyone treated each other the same. I think it was called Roller. You know what? Forget the title. We'll, we're getting sidetracked. See, Eric? Nah. 
Eric. Well, to be honest, I just wanted to ask you so you keep talking into the name. Oh, wait, I think it was called well, ro- Rollerball. I think it was called Rollerball. I don't know. I'll, I'll look into it later. Anyway. One thing I kind of saw that, but... I kind of saw that too. But I don't well, remember. No, no, no. Not, not, I didn't see it, but I, I, I want to say I remember like the traders and all that, but yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think I saw it. But anyways, yeah. Um... But yeah, um, yeah, that should, yeah, this is the name and the title itself is pretty cool, yeah. So, um, okay, just another little tidbit. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. they were ma- they will never make this in today's age, but at the release of like um, Blade Runner, Marvel actually made a comic on Blade Runner, the movie itself. And it was basically the whole movie, and it was like it had a bunch of spoilers and everything. It was basically the entire movie, just like in a graphic novel um, format of it all. And that shit was kind of weird. <laughs> well, it wasn't. It was weird that they did that, but then again, like nobody really like bought the comic or saw the comic or aware of the comic. And I didn't know about this, but now I kind of want that comic because I think. I think that comic has value now to it. Now you think about it, but what from what I saw is very accurate to like what you see in the movie, and it's actually pretty illustrated. It was illustrated really nice, like the images are pretty striking and stuff. So it was like, yeah, it does look like a comic, like a Marvel comic book, and it looks pretty cool. So I was like, oh shit, that's something that a lot of people they won't do around this. Uh, day and age. I mean, they will probably do like a comic spinoff on like whatever their uh, movie is, but I think that's as far as the extent will go. But I don't think they will actually like well anything, <laughs> which is cool. Just a little fun thing on that. So it's just yeah, cool. I mean, pretty sure you can find that on the internet. But I mean, I'm yeah. sure I'm pretty sure you want the physical copy of it. Yeah, but yeah. Pretty sure you can find that on the internet. Yeah, I'll probably find it. I don't know. I don't know if it has value on it. I just imagine it would because the legacy yeah, of this movie and whatnot. But you know, it's cool. Um, yeah, I would say like uh, uh, yeah. Let's go into like story. Like, I mean, the overall story was pretty straightforward. Um, I would um, say it's more like you know a detective story in itself so it's just like him having to go on leads and it leads one thing to another and of course it has perspectives of like the the nexion six and them having to be on uh, on earth and having to because their main goal is to like you know find a way to live longer because you know they don't really last long they're ex- they're gonna expire they only last like what six years or so so Four, but- yeah, so it's yeah. yeah, so it's yeah, it's Buffalo. Yeah, so it's really about them having to erase against time, but also the Blade Runner, um, played by Harrison Ford, going against time to like you know eliminate these guys because they're a threat and it's illegal to have a Nexus Six on planet Earth, as you read it, as you read it in like the title sequence in the beginning of the film, so. Um, do you think like that title sequence, the all that reading and that exposition, do you think like it kinda helped you understand the story of the movie? 
Are you talking about the, the exposition beginning, right? The, yeah. When it yeah, has like, yeah. Reminded me of Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. In its way, it's like, yeah, it is like Star Wars. Like, it gives you like the necessary things that you need to know about that, about the role of that story. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's around the same era, Star Wars as well. So they have that, that as an acceptable, you know, excuse or whatnot. But I, I don't know. I hate to say this, but I think it, it in today's era it would just be lazy writing. <laughs> really? You know? Um, I mean, but I mean, maybe... it kind of it does work. I mean, it didn't bother yeah. me that much. Like, I mean, knowing that it's from you know the Star Wars era and like you know, yeah, science fiction and everything. You know, I, you know, I accepted it. You know, yeah. like I, I was fine with it. Yeah, um, I think it's like, uh, I mean, we mentioned this before, but the theatrical cut, nobody knew what the fuck they were talking about. <laughs> so yeah, they kind of needed to figure it out for themselves. But I think the alternative to like the narration would have to be this: just like, okay, we don't need that narration. We just need to know like the context and what happens before. What's the law of like this world? Like we know like. AIs were created by the Tyrell Corporation, and you know so most of them were sent over to be like work slaves in like different planets, colonial planets of like Mars, and you know like I mean we knew like eventually like the AI would be so smart that it just becomes sentient that they will want to revel- uh, revolt, and then you know that that's what led to like them having to be dangerous to the eye of. Uh, of humanity and then if there were if we were to see one like in earth like you know you would have to kill it and then that pretty much special that pretty much like uh puts a special department on earth to hunt down like this androids which we know um those special by cops will be known as like blade runners so you know, that's where we got the name <laughs> yeah um they explain that yeah i mean I mean, even without that, you wouldn't think, like, you would just get that right away. Like, oh, okay. I know, like, these guys are like, huh. No, honestly, I, that. I, not, that, not, not that you frame the question that way, I do see why it was necessary. It was necessary only just to err on the side of, like, okay, we need to make sure everyone that, 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 that's buying a, a seat to watch this movie gets it. Yeah. Because because if they miss one piece of information, they're just gonna completely get lost. Yeah. Which I mean I'm not I'm not fall for 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 that too. Like, you know, when I watch a film or like a play or something, if I miss something, I'm bound to miss something. So like, you know, you gotta find ways to like either really establish it right off the get go or um is um keep Putting reminders throughout the film, like oh, yeah, you know, there's this law, you know. Yeah, it's it'll be you know, like a hit or miss or um, make or miss type of deal. Yeah, I mean, as you know, you're not I'm a, I'm a writer. I'm specifically a playwright, but I mean, I am interested in screenwriting. When I the way I would probably do it, and I don't know if it's the best way to do it, would probably be like I would probably weave it into that first scene that interior. 
that interrogation scene, which is a phenomenal scene, to be honest with you, like yeah. really well done. Um, I would probably integrate and like weave it into that scene, like, oh, you know, they have Leo, is it? Yeah, it's Leo. Yeah, they, they have him come in and everything. Well, you know, Mr. Leo, you know, I forget his last name, whatever. As you know, this is, the, this is what's going on. These, these are the news and like, you know, this is the law and this is why you're here. And like, you know, you got to have you take the, we could have everyone take this test, including you, like, you know, shit like that. Like, I, yeah. I would have probably weaved it into that. But however, I do love that scene the way it is. I, I think I like to even like touch it. Even more, I don't know. Now that I'm thinking about it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it like that it scene. It probably in be itself, done, but it's risky. Yeah, that scene itself just like kind of sets up everything for the rest of the movie. Because you already have that information in the first part of the movie about Nexus. They're replicants. They seem like us. They talk like us. But there's something different about them. And that scene, like, if you pay attention to the body language. You could see him like not blinking, and then he's like questioning everything. He even questions about like where. Um, they ask him like, "Oh, you're in a desert." He's like, "Which desert?" I was just like, "It's just like when you're like automatically, like if they were to ask us that question, it's just like it really doesn't matter. Like it's just a hypothetical, hypothetical question, you know." And he even points that out. It's like oh, it's just a hypothetical question, and. You know, you right off the, uh, yeah, right off the bat, you kind of know like something's a little off, and that kind of creates like tension, and you could hear it in the music too, like it's just like, or in the sound effects too, like it's just like, like things are getting tense. It's like, is he on to me? But I think like the tester, I think it was pretty oblivious to it, but I think Leon kind of took it as a different way. He just like kind of reacted to it and said like, "Don't talk about my mother again." Uh, when he says like, "Oh, don't talk about my mother," it's kind of like ironic because he doesn't really have a mother, you know. In some sense, he's artificially made. The closest thing yeah, he has is he's like, like, his about his mother. Yeah, right. He's like, "Don't ask about my mother," and he's like, and "Then he <laughs> shot him, and it was like a hard cut." So it's just like, "Wait to start the fucking movie like that," and then you know having to show like. Landscape of like LA in 2019, well, 2019 in that version of that movie, <laughs> which is kind of funny because now seeing it like we're past 2019 is just like kind of ridiculous. But now we live in like a world where, like, um, we're in our world, we're in the fictional world, we're kind of accepting like alternative realities. So, you know, we see this as an alternative reality in 2019. You know, that's how that's how I see it and that's how I like I explain it. Like you know, the same way like um Back to the Future is like, oh twenty nineteen Back to the Future is like, oh, that's an alternative reality of like the future. So Yeah, I mean you if know? you tell some people from that era they they they, they would have told you they, Yeah, yeah. They, so they would tell you like Oh, we thought, you know, dinner was going to be a pill. <laughs> yeah, we thought yeah, dinner yeah. was going to be like microwave, and then it takes like three seconds, and now it's like a whole-ass pizza, but no, it's not like that. No, but that's yeah. just, that. I mean, that's the other thing, too. Like, this movie has, like, its own version of the future of what it was supposed to be like. 
And you kind of see like a very dark dystopian future that's like, you know, advert large large advertisements everywhere, which I would say there's large fucking electrical billboards in LA too. So it's like you're not that far off, but it's just like a little different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, by the way, I don't know if it's still a segment on your podcast. It's been a couple of months, but that's probably one of my top two right there. What? <laughs> the, the, that scene, that, inter- that interrogation scene. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll get into that right now. So he's like... <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, it sets off, like, the the mood right. Um and of course, the rest of the movie we focus on Harrison Ford, who you know plays uh, Deckard. And Deckard, we we kind of see like you know he's a detective. From what I heard, I didn't know about this, but I, I guess I wasn't paying attention. Is that he is actually retired, and then he came back to the force to find like the Nexus Six that were wanted in Earth. So I was like, oh okay. yeah, he he yeah. um. He was basically forced back into uh, out of retirement. Mm-hmm. In fact, being 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 a neo noir film, that's a that's a that's a trait. Uh, yeah, that yeah, that's like a thing in, in film uh, film noir. Yeah, well, I kind of um, seen neo noir a... a little bit too. Like the, like the the main character gets forced in. Like, he doesn't go by choice, really. Yeah, he gets forced yeah. into yeah, like right. this journey. But I kind of seen it more as a western. Because I seen it as like, oh, the gunslinger, gunslinger for one last job, or you know, the highest one last job. It's just like the one last job or the job that brings you back into that shit. So, well, I, I mean, if it was a western, I would see it more like, okay, it would be more out of revenge yeah. than than a job. You gave me like, oh, you killed, you know, my brother, and now I gotta. Kill you. Yeah. you get me something like that, you know? No, sometimes That's how, some, yeah, yeah some like, ways, so it would yeah. be by like choice, not by force. No, the, well, uh, it could also be, okay, let me say this to you, but it could also be a Western if you think about it like, okay, well, he was the best bounty hunter out there, so they brought him back. It's nothing out of revenge, it's just a job, and he's the best at it. And then, you know, you have four wanted um, outlaws. Well, in this case, it would be like three outlaw, like fucking androids out there so in a sense like yeah it does have like that aspect of like the western having to bring back like that bounty hunter or that guy that's really good at his job just to like do that one last job okay yeah Yeah, you see that that, right yeah yeah but this one last job also includes like kind of an emotional attachment there's like Ah, uh, of course, this one's special because, of course, he does fall in love with like one of the androids and stuff. So it's like, which is like kind of, um, in a sense, like I think that was his whole journey having to him, because he's used to like seeing like androids, like oh, she's a replicant, you know, you don't know she's in um, uh, the android we're referring to is like Rachel who works for the Tyrell Corporation. And, you know, he automatically discovers, like, oh, she's a replicant, but she doesn't know she's a replicant. But, you know, you kind of have a sense that he's prejudiced against, like, replicants, like, even scared about it. Because there's some scenes where she's, he's kind of, like, a little freaked out by her. But, yeah, there's that element of, um, 
otherism. Yeah. Uh, it's anotherism. Like, yeah. he others them. You get me? Like, oh, the replica. It's just a replica. Yeah. You get me? Yeah. And he even had that scene with her, like, when she discovers she's a replica and he just takes it as whatever, like. You know what? It's a bad joke. I'm sorry. It's a bad joke. Whatever. Yeah. You know? Once he sees, like, okay, maybe I shouldn't have done them, he takes yeah. it as. Goes down like okay, like he sees that he is able to em- empathize with them. Yeah, so you know? yeah, that was like the first signal to empathize with them. So it's like, oh shit, like, like uh, I don't know, like what made him do that? Like that was just like something that I'm pretty sure he like encountered different like androgen replicants at um, his career path but this one's like kind of different because i it kind of seems like this one's like kind of reacting more authentic and that i don't think i think what it is is like he hasn't seen one that was like um he was that attracted to you know what i mean yeah but to the point of him falling in love with like you know this uh this Female replicant. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a new noir film, so like, of course, there's the whole infantile, you know. Yeah, which she wasn't that much of a female infantile. Um, I mean, no, not in the aspect of like you know, he's she's gonna be the death of him or something like that. But it's it is more of a taboo. Like, okay, you're falling in love with the replicant. You get me? Like, you know, like you shouldn't do that. You know, they are not. Like us, they are others. So again, the, the whole um, concept of otherism, you know? Yeah. Maybe by the fact that it's seen as a taboo, could be seen like, oh, it's the death of him. But I mean, kind of subverting. Yeah, but that's kinda, 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 more like the. the yeah, 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 I know what you're saying, but kind of like subverting that expectation. She actually turned out to be nice. And then, you know, that's where he they, has they, this change and, you know, that sense of like empathy. Him. So I think that was his like real change and having to see like okay now I can see like because they didn't get like oh how does it not know is a you know fucking uh replicant but now yeah. that he kind of saw like her going through the emotions and shit it's just like you know that um I don't want to say illusion but seemingly having to show um her going through the emotions of like realizing that it's just like oh it's almost too human it's just like oh it doesn't matter if you're like artificially made or whatnot but having to show that it's like sort of a reflection in the mirror so i mean that's the whole point of empathy having to be in someone's shoes and you being in that sense in those shoes like how will you put yourself in that reflection or you know in that sense so it's like yeah. Yeah, like it's just yeah. Even though it's like fake, you know, like like fiction, you're seeing something that's like not real, but seemingly real, that you're able to like connect to it, you know. So it's just like in itself, it's it's fiction. <laughs> well, it's, I think that's the genius of that fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it it just one of the questions is uh, that this film asks is if. Like, is there a level? Like, there has to be a level where 
being, whether they're, I mean, more in this in this specific case, a being like a replicant, if they can emote to a certain level, yeah, you can empathize with them. Yeah, if it's like you know, you, you know, have no choice. Like, like, oh, you see it in them, you you feel it. Yeah, so you, you feel can, it. You have no choice but and to yeah, and it seems almost all too familiar, so you just really can't help yourself. It's just like, oh, okay. I mean, I like it would suck if, like, you know, they would emit emote the same way that you do, and then they just become like backstabbers. Which I thought that's what, like, um, well, I know for a fact that's what a female fatale is. It's like, yeah, you feel sorry for them, but at the end of the day, they're playing you, and you got fucking tricked, you know. Yeah. But it seems yeah. like it was gonna go in that direction, but it's like no, it's not. Like she's completely, she really does believe she was human this whole time. But now having this revelation, it's just like fuck, it sucks. And it was just like, well, I'm this still gonna have this. Part. I'm still gonna have this emotions. You know, I'm not gonna turn bad or anything. This is just the way I'm programmed. The way that you know a human like. Life is like wired that way. We're based on emotions and having to have our own thoughts and opinions on things. So, you know, she goes life on like how the rest of us would take it. You know, it's just, it, it, yeah, it's a big revelation. But what else can you do but just to be wired the, the same way you were before you were you were to be discovered that before having that discovery. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is a good movie, man. Having <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to talk about this, you know, on nauseum and just on this loop. But yeah, I mean, this is this is what this movie is about, you know. And then not just the emotions of this Rachel, but also the emotions and the sympathy that um, the Nexus Six has, and they're going more into like existential, ex- yeah. Essentialism. Yes, I hate being Hispanic. <laughs> and <laughs> that sense of like having that existence and knowing that you're going to die one day. And for them, they only have like four years as opposed to like, you know, like the expectancy of a life. Human life is probably like what, like 75, 80 years. But they only have four years and then they have to like find a way to like live longer. But uh, again, they do have been, they do have like uh, that sense of pain, and you know, like just like mm-hmm. every death, yeah, like every death scene that you know the Blade Runner or you know Deckard has when he shoots some dead, like they do feel emo, they do feel pain or what seems like pain, but the way that they're programmed is just like yeah, they're emoting like real pain. So it's just like kind of you believe in that shit, you know. Well, that that brings up the question: Like, they are they experiencing death? I would say right now, I want to say yes. Yeah. Because even though, even though they're um, uh, replicants, they are meeting the end of them. You get me? Yeah. It well. Yeah. Uh, to them, it means something. Like, okay, what's and they're replicants, so like you know, there's. They they haven't dived into like the whole aspect of afterlife or anything. As human beings, we do contemplate that, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I've yet to experience this, but I'm sure, oh, you know, yeah. when I'm dying, like I'm a, 
question all that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll do, you know? Yeah, it's just like, yeah, everything comes to an end. I mean, everything, if you think about, like, our electronics, yeah, batteries do have expiration dates. I mean, it's it's funny to think, like, yeah, we definitely have expiration dates. Uh, dates. The only difference is, like, we call it death. Um, to anything that's, like, you know, not living or um, organic, we call it, um, yeah, expiration or termination, you know? And that's just the way that everyone sees it. Like, that's, like, the uh, other side of looking at things. It's just like, okay, well, they're objects, and we're actually organic. But when you make things, like, seemingly organic, it's just like, okay, well, here's the question. Like, well, are they experiencing deaths just like us? Like, the way they prog- the way that we program them, um, it's very similar to us. So does that validate, like, that's the same way? You know what I mean? It's just, like, the only difference is just, like I said, objects and or, um, orgasmic. Bleh. That's not wrong. Uh, yeah, just pretty much people in flesh, really. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. yeah, but, yeah, that's another question going into it. Like, they do contemplate. It does seem like there are contemplating, like, death because they do seem sentient in that sense, you know? And oh, yeah, they're scared of that. it, too. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's the whole, that's their whole, you know, objective in this, in their journey, the, the, the nexus that they actually make it to Earth, like, finding their creator. And you know, hope in the hopes of you know finding you know more life, like getting more life. Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, which is something humans can't do unless. Um, but I don't want to go in that direction. But well, I mean, like humans aren't perfect. There, we have flaws. You know. Medically, and just you know, in our bodies, we could actually produce and you know develop cancer, but you know we go to doctors to actually go and seek out their help so we could extend our lifespan, you know. But sometimes it's like um, inevitable, and you know we're gonna go towards death no matter what. For them, it's just like it's something that's built into them, in that sense, you know. Yeah. Which is, you know, it kind of sucks. And either way, it's just like, huh, like AI, whether we create it or not, like it's just, in some sense, it's art in itself because art in itself is like a reflected, sorry, a reflection in life, really. Yeah. Um. Something that the, the film didn't dive into, and I'm sure they didn't even consider um, mostly because you know it's a film and they only have like an hour and a half and uh, t- two hours I mean the final cut was two, about two hours long um, yeah. to to you know tell the story they want to tell but I mean depends how you look at it too like I mean if you know you have four four years left four years of life mm-hmm. That could be viewed as a blessing too. Like you know, yeah, you're when right. Yeah. you die. 
You get me? Yeah. At so, least, I mean, yeah, at if least you, you know knew you were going to die in four years, you were not, you probably wouldn't even be doing this podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> you get me? You, you probably wouldn't even be in school. You would probably be out there li- living each day like it was your last day. Yeah, you get me? I'll, I'll probably be doing a lot of drugs and a lot of um, <laughs> Like, you there. would give no fucks. No fucks at you get all. Me? The confidence yeah. level would actually be fucking ridiculous. It's like, none of yeah. it matters. I just yeah. do whatever I want. So it's just like, oh, well, I mean. But, yeah, yeah I do you see know, it. Yeah, like- now, yeah, I do see it as a blessing. Only because, you know, like, if you're given, like, a, well, I mean, if this was, like, a sadistic game, like, oh, you only have, like, three years to live. What are you going to do? And then you're just like, well, I mean, I could get away with anything. I think in a couple of days, I'll do whatever the fuck I want. But it's cool because I'll just fucking die. And then I don't have to face any consequences at all. So it's like, you know, put it's a blessing, blessing also with a loved one. Like, for example, yeah. we've been friends for close to a decade now, right? Yeah. Um, You know, I, I know this is a morbid thought. But, I mean, if you knew I had four, four years to live... Like, you would be like, oh, fuck. Okay, well, only, I only have him for four years. Yeah. We'll probably hang yeah, out more frequently. Yeah. Huh? We'll probably hang out more frequently than we ever yeah. had before. Yeah. Create more memories. Enjoy yeah. that time that we still have. You get me? Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, you get me? Dude. So, by the end of it, you'll be like, okay, I had, uh, you know, Eric was in my life for four more years. Like, we made the best of it. You know, we did. Yeah. Y and Z. You get me? When if you don't know when I'm my spirit in my expression they that could probably lead to like once it happens it's like fuck dude like yeah I wish I would have known like I would have done you know this that and the third with this guy like I would have you know gone to like fucking I don't know made it possible to travel more road yeah. trip or whatever the fuck you know yeah me? just hit all your bucket lists all at once yeah, yeah. for sure yeah. you get me and i understand why the the the, the film doesn't touch on this i understand that you know but yeah just you know no no that's exactly yeah. where it wants us to think about you know it's taking us that direction in that life expectancy i mean well, but I, wanna... I heard i heard the difference like for example the i heard the the uh the actual cut has a different ending where it kind of leads into like this optimistic, you know. Yeah, yeah. I heard it was like all most of those cuts were more optimistic, and yeah. he actually runs off with Rachel, and then you know it turns out good for them for one way or another. Um, okay, another tidbit. So there's one, <laughs> sorry. So there's one cut where like it ends, and they're going like through cross country and it's like a forest and then for some reason it looks familiar and why does that look familiar it's because they're going through like a forest and like sort of like a lake and that's because they actually use b-roll footage from the shining brought on to like that fucking movie and this was like two years after like um the shining was actually like produ- made produced and made so you know, some of that archive footage was still used right there. So it was like, oh, that's cool, you know. But, I mean, everyone wants a happy happy ending. But, I mean, I think it takes a lot of balls and a lot of, like, effort and 
just artistic integrity to make things like more um realistic uh, not realistic um what's it called it's not ambitious but it's more of a interpretation towards the end more ambiguous yeah ambiguous yeah yeah there you go a lot of um a lot of filmmakers like they especially when you're young you try to make things ambiguous because it's like oh if you make this ambiguous you're the shit bro like you got this shit you're a fucking genius but honestly you got to start off simple and then maybe like if you have enough thoughts if you have enough questions if you have a lot where you if you get your message across as a filmmaker in your movie in that specific movie and you want to make things ambiguous that's totally your choice as long as it's fucking clear that it's ambiguous sometimes it just comes off lazy and just like oh it's meant to be ambiguous it's like how and gotta ask yourself how it was but i mean aside from that like yeah it's definitely a bold move it's pretty big on the filmmakers and it's just like you know it's just one of those films that does does that well and rightfully so so it's just like okay well it makes sense for this movie to do that and anything but it makes sense um yeah yeah but i mean yeah we went through a whole loop on that and a philosophical questioning of this movie uh, now we have to go to the nitty gritty of it and actually go through our top two scenes, <laughs> or <laughs> our top scenes in that sense. Um, I'll pick a different one. Okay, yeah, you. sure. Uh, yeah, guess goes first. So go ahead, man. Let's see. Um, I like the scene where um he uh. Goes and uh, pays a visit to that one. I want to say it's an exotic dancer with the snake. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that thing just because, I mean, you're able to see uh, the, the other range of Harrison Ford, like yeah. the more, the, you know, comedic, you know, side of him a little yeah. bit. He's, yeah, he's acting the part. He doesn't want to, like, um, he's a detective. But... Yeah. The way that I see it, he's a private detective in that sense, but he's acting as someone else just to infiltrate her, you know? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I do like that because he's like more nerdy and he's just like, well, I want to ask you about the regulations. Do they treat you right? He's like, what do you mean? I was like, I mean, I'm trying to protect as a woman, as a feminist. They have peepholes everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely comical, yeah. but also it's like, yeah, it definitely is a race in like Harrison Ford's part because I never seen him like that either. It's pretty cool to see that, you know. Um, yeah, it kind of kind of reminded me of um Steve Martin and uh really yeah. Have you seen Have you seen the movie the the film Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid? Yeah, yeah. They yeah, showed, it they showed, that, they showed that in that move in that fucking um class we took. Wait, what? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we they saw, did yeah. show. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminded me like that. Like it was in that style a little bit, a little bit. You know, not not too much, but yeah. Um. 
which I thought, which I liked. I just thought and enjoyed. Like it yeah. just stood out from all the, uh, the 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 rest of the scenes. That scene, and you know, also the the when he's eating and he's being approached by um gas. Like, hey, uh, Brian wants to Wait. talk to you. And like, no. Oh, is that your second scene? Eating? Huh? Is that your second scene? No. No, that's not my second scene, but it's it's it's, it's in the same style of like you know like oh okay okay I don't know, know like yeah clumsy like you know I don't know you know kind of oblivious in that sense yeah in yeah. a way like, no like he's kind of playing stupid but you know he does get discovered and then he's just like oh, fuck that bitch really did hurt me and then had the chaser down so fuck <laughs> yeah that shit was brutal he's just like you kind of think like yeah. Androids are much smarter. Uh, yeah, I would say, like, just as smart, but way stronger. And he's just like, fuck. And that kind of gives me a sense, like, yeah, I don't think that guy's a fucking android. <laughs> or a replicant, in that sense. It's just like, oh. <laughs> but yeah. Um, anything else from that scene, or? That scene? Uh, no, just, I mean, that and the fact that they, um, you know the whole that the whole the, the the way they they drop they they drop the one well, drop is the right word but like they they reemphasize the whole thing about animals and yeah that's right you know, is, that, is that a real snake no that's not a real snake you think I can afford a real snake you get me yeah the that's... whole with the whole theme of like nature like real nature like we how, how it's at a higher value than you know artificial life, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's also building on the world too, because um, animals are rare in that world. So it's like, oh no, they're artificial. They're becoming more artificial, and they're not legal, like humans. So mm-hmm. it's just like kind of an ironic twist in that sense. It's just like, oh, animals didn't do anything wrong. So, I mean, we're just like. They're just synthetic from our based on our like uh, engineering. So it's just like shit. We feel so bad that we have to recreate them. So yeah, yeah. that's a good pick. Yeah, good pick. Yeah. Um, okay. um, Jesus Christ! Oh, you know what? I will talk about the scene. The I would say like. The first time, well, I guess we already talked about it, but I guess the first time, like, um, Deckard actually meets Rachel. So, I mean, in that context, you, you just see her as a secretary for Tyrell Company, and then Tyrell's right there, so he's just like, oh. Um, Deckard's just questioning Tyrell for, you know, what happened, like, how did Leon got out, and then, you know, investigating on that in this case. And... He actually, like, pretty much tests him. Uh, Tara tests him uh, based on, like, what Deckard uses as a test for to detect androids. So he says, like, oh, I want to see a negative before I see a positive. He's like, what difference does that make? So he just says, okay, test her. And he's pretty much, like, um, being a little cocky in that scene, like a Tyrell. So he just says, okay, test her. Like, she's, nobody knows she's an android. And then he's like, okay. And 
you know, it's pretty much him having to test her and see like, okay, well, how many questions did it take to like for her to, for you to know that she's like a android and he's at like between 15 or 20. But he already knew she was an android and it was just like, oh shit. So that was kind of like a fascinating scene to actually see just like, okay, well, we're hunting down androids and here you are like having an android as a fucking secretary. So, you know, you're hitting it pretty close to the chest, but then again, you're the guy that's actually making the android. So he's the source of the problem. And that source of the problem becomes a lead. And then, you know, that what seemingly seems like a found fatale actually becomes like a fucking ally. So all in itself, it's pretty ironic to see like both those things coming out to like um, the way that it actually benefits Deckard in the long run. So it's like, oh, okay. Um, It was pretty cool because... Because you get to see, like, okay, this is how Blade Runners actually operate. They just ask questions. In that sense, they ask different weird questions. Kind of, like, the same way. It was kind of a reflection of, like, how the movie kind of pretty much opens up. It's just like, okay, you get to ask that questions. Um, Which, I was going to get to a point right now, but hey, we could wait for the second scene. Because I have a second scene for that. Which is pretty interesting. So I was just like, okay, well, now we get to see, like, kind of that's how the world building is. It's just like, oh, how do you detect an android based on the test, you know? So you kind of get, yeah. get to see that. So it's like, oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much my, my first scene in that, in that sense. So yeah, cool. uh, I like that scene, too. I like the imagery the cinematography and the like the lighting yeah of that that that, that whole scene because i don't know i feel like it emphasizes enlightenment and deckard like oh nexus is at this level like yeah they, yeah they need through, the, like over 100 like, questions to like yeah. get to like actually realize oh they're a replicant it's no longer i can tell like within you know what 20 questions yeah um, and you, you yeah know, you get to see like how clever they are to the point where yeah. they get to show like a bit of sarcasm oh wait i gotta clip. in a magazine you come across a full page nude photo of a girl is this testing whether i'm a replicant or a lesbian mr deckard just answer the questions please that was actually one of my first scenes because, like, that was one of the questions that was just like, I'm come back at you, like, real hard. It's like, I mean, questioning me if I'm a lesbian or not. So it's, it's kind of like avoiding that question, evading that question in itself, and just like, you know, just kind of questioning that question in itself. It's just like, oh, like, this is a double entendre. And like, oh, humans could be like that too. So kind of, I, I felt like Terrell was expecting that say like okay well try out our replicants see how authentic we are we're better than the we made a better model than the nexus 6 in that sense now that i'm thinking about it i think that she was actually like a nexus 7 or some shit maybe maybe because yeah, they did kept it too close to that yeah because they did kept kept her close to the um to the chest because yeah. she was in the fucking company so but yeah yeah, that's really. Um, um, honestly, I'm ready for. 
my second beer. But um, before I get into that, I do like this beer. It's just I expected a little bit more dankness out of it. Hmm. I like my beer. Yeah. It's a beer. I'll buy it again. Yeah. I'm glad I bought a four pack. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Now you... Yeah, I got a whole fucking weekend to yourself, man. That's good. <laughs> um, if I were to rate this beer, I'll, I'll do like a 3.75 out of the five. A in quarter five? system. Yeah, it's in quarter systems. That's how me and Manny do it. How would you rate it? Out of five, right? Yeah, out of five <laughs> in quarter systems. So you could do like 4.5 uh, 3.75, like I said. Yeah, I would do like a 4. You would four do a 4? Yeah. Nice. Wait, what's it called again? Fresher Reality. Okay, I'll definitely check it out. If they have it here. I don't know. But, yeah. And like... then you're about to come down to, you know, Ramirez at some point. Yeah, but they might not have it because that might be a seasonal beer, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna go get my next beer. Okay. Right. Are you sleepy? Please don't sleep. If you no, sleep. it's just uh, you you know me. I I kind of rarely drink, so it's like yeah. you know. Yeah. I get you there. <laughs> yeah, especially if it's you know seven point Okay, this is not for the show at all, so it's not going to go in the archive. But we did have this, like, on the last podcast. You're all wondering, like, oh, this will fucking hold up on beer. But actually... A little, a little higher? Yeah. This is on our last pa- podcast. What's it called? It's called The Struggle is Real. So well, it, we did it on uh, Conspiracy Theories. So I thought I got it because it had like a T-Rex and then like on the side it had like a UFO. So, you know, it's going into that territory. So I was like, oh, shit, that's just fucking dope. Yeah. 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 So I'm just drinking like the rest of it. It's like a four pack. Bro, that shit was expensive. I was like, what the fuck? When I looked at the bill, I thought I was paying for the whole because I bought a flight beforehand. And I thought I was it was included the beer, but. The beer itself, like, was a whole different thing. So it was, like, separated from the flight. And this shit was, like, 40 bucks. It's 40 bucks, damn, bro. It was 40 bucks. <laughs> I was like, I fucking, I don't know, bro. It was, like, a brewery, like, close to where I live. So I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Jesus, this shit I do for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I was just like, oh, dude, what the fuck? Hey, the story goes real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's bringing it back around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. All right. Want to do my beer? Uh, yeah, if you will. You won't, like, knock out on that one, right? <laughs> no, I'm not. All right, for sure. Uh, this Troubles Brewing? I don't know. Kind of like the imagery a little bit. Like, it's kind of chaotic a little bit. 
Huh? Is that paperback? What do you mean paperback? Oh no, it's El Segundo Brewing Company. Yeah, El Segundo. Yeah, that's a good one. No, it's because sometimes like uh, paperback will actually make like a sort of like a noir or like a movie type of graphic, like an older movie type of graphics in their graphic for the beer. So it's like, oh, I thought that was paperback. You, oh, oh, if you wanted to read off of of yours, but I mean, if you did it already in the last part, I don't know if you want to go through it again. I mean, you could. No, I already, yeah, I already went through it. You don't have anything on your end? Yeah, well, like I said, it's from Hop Hop City Express. Uh, It's an El Segundo Brewing Company. and Yeah, that's a brewery. Opogo Brewing Production. I guess it's a collaboration. collaboration. Oh, really? Oh, shit. Yeah, uh, it says in the city of endless roads, two brewing, two breweries join forces to take down the looming haze and bubbly water syndicate and bring justice back to the West Coast. Oh, shit. Yeah, Hobbs, Simcoe, Mosaic, uh, Chinook, Mosaic, Creole, and yeah, it's uh, six point seven alcohol volume. Oh shit, that's cool. Wait, can you show, can you show the graphics for it, like in the camera? The what? The graphics for it on the camera. The graphics. Yeah, show a little bit of a smile. There it is. Yeah, trouble's brewing. All right, I got the shot. Cool. Cheers. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty good. IPA, citrusy. Yeah. 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 Mine I is, like it. Yeah, mine is pretty citrusy from last week, so I said it was pretty cool. Yeah. Definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. What is it? An IPA? I don't know. Actually, no, I don't think it is. Really. Okay, you're no. Oh yeah, it is an IPA. My oh, bad. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, that's, those graphics are pretty cool. All I gotta say, I wish I could taste it. Um, you got that from Ramirez, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. What do you think? Wait. I'm thinking about it. So is Ramirez like a drive for you, or is it just like? It was about a twenty minute drive. Oh, okay, yeah. To it, and that. then back, yeah. So that was like an hour of my day, you know, going there, picking out the beer, then getting back home. Oh, shit, that's cool. Yeah, it's like, not too bad. It's not that bad. So I'm, like, thinking about, like, where Whittier is at and where you're at. I'm just like, okay, well, that makes sense. Yeah. But it's just cool. God damn. Yeah, I just, honestly, I just got to, like, discover more craft beer places around here. Because the only places I go to now is just like Total Wine and More. <laughs> but Total Wine and More is pretty cool. But sometimes it's, uh, it's just like they, they're they stuck on the same seasonal beer for like a month. You know what I mean? And then it's just like, okay, well, Ramirez or places like that is just like, oh, they're constantly kind of changing like three weeks to a month. So it's just like, oh, consistency is a little bit more, um, more there, if anything. But yeah, it's pretty cool. 
Um, but yeah. So we just did our top um, first ones. So we're going to go on our round two for the top twos on that one. So, I mean, do you have like another scene you want to talk about or? The scene that we're talking about and we, um, let's see, um, Well, I picked one earlier, and then I said I was going to pick another one, so I'm going to pick another one. And then I, I, I feel like you picked the other one that I was going to go with, the one with Rachel, the integration scene. Really? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> not really, no, I'm sorry. not good. Yeah. Uh, maybe... Let's see... Oh no, I kinda of gotta think about this. Uh maybe the whole scene where where Decker finally goes to, you know was it Tyler's like place or mansion? No, no, not Tyler. The the the, the, the guy help helping Tyler. Towards the end of the scene, where yeah, he's yeah, yeah. trying to find the the replicants and like the 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 the, the female replicant, the mm -hmm. the one that uh, when he finds uh, yeah, when he when he goes up there in the elevators and he finds Pris, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, the one with all the makeup, like he's trying to find her, she's she's like she's like hiding as a mannequin or something, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool, like the thing, the yeah. imagery and everything, it was really like futuristic and like I don't know dystopian, you know. Yeah. Um, cause you're like she's right there. How can I see her? You know. Yeah. Um, I don't know, and it kind of speaks onto the whole value, the whole theme of, you know, oh, how they can blend in. You know, the yeah. replicants. You know. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. I was thinking about like, I mean, they're objects too. So in a way, they're kind of like toys. So it's kind of making like that certain um. Uh, subjectivity of like yeah in a way they are subjects or their possessions in that sense you know so it's just like oh so making that fucking difference but also in that scene like some of the toys didn't even trust like that girl so it was just kind of like oh that's kind of weird but in a way it's like oh fuck like he found a way to make them sentient that they were able to like say like okay well you can't trust this bitch or that guy so I don't know. It's kind of cool. I have something to say about that guy, but it's going to be in my top two, in essence. So, yeah. 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 That scene, the scene is, um, you know, it leads into like the whole ending of it all, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. What, about, what it all boils down to, you know? Yeah. And him, you know, it's pretty tense also. The fact that, you know, he's walking in, he doesn't exactly know what he's getting into, he might die. And then like, you know, you're you're watching this and you're like, Oh, she's right there, dude. Like, how can you not say like, you know? Yeah, sort of uh, like that. Um What I think about is Hitchcock. Cause it's one of those things that Hitchcock's always philosophized, like, okay. 
the thing about suspense is like there's something that the audience knows that the character doesn't know that makes things suspenseful. So it's just like, okay, he's putting in a lot of place. So um, I guess like that film moving forward and obviously like being inspired by Hitchcock, there's something that's like, okay, something's about to happen, but let's just see how it um resolves or, you know, has that revelation. Which is what drama is going into the unexpected. <laughs> definitely, yeah, that's a good pick, man. That's definitely a good pick. Um, I think my first, my first pick would, oh, my second, sorry, would have to be that um, when that girl meets uh, Pris, when she meets like that guy, because. There's also like another thing that's going into this film that I'll, certain people are not talking about, but uh, the way that the AI behaves is just like very radical and very machine-like and very unnatural-like. It's sort of like um, people have actually compared this to people who are on the spectrum. Like they have autism. And watching this movie this time around, I noticed that the... The guy that picks up the trash and actually picks up uh, Priz when they first meet. And he, you know, he, he takes to the apartment. He has like a bunch of toys and he actually engineered those toys. And you find out like, oh, well, he works for the Tower Rail Corporation. That guy is actually on autism. He's actually like on the spectrum. So that's something that I noticed. I was just like, oh, there's like the starch difference or the start dif- um, similarities. Because the way that people like, um, from what I heard, from what I heard, when they see like that interrogation thing, thing with like Leon, it's just like, oh, like he's acting exactly how like someone, someone on spectrum would actually act, which is ironic because like the way that people like talk about like people on spectrum is like, yeah, they're human, but in some sense they think like machines. You know, not to sound insensitive, but it's just like, you know, they act a certain way that's just like, you know, they're on a whole level of intelligence that we can't comprehend that the way that they behave is like, you know, that's the mentality that they have in that sense. And, you know, having someone that does, is actually human and on the spectrum and having to relate to like androids is actually pretty revelating. You know, in that sense, in every sense, in that way, this is like, oh, well, it makes sense that this movie actually does that. Sorry if I said sense like so many times, but, you know, it just, it just completes everything. It's interconnected, and I'm glad that they actually put that into the movie and actually had that thought process into the movie because, yeah, if anything, it has something to talk about, like, um, not just humanity, but also just like people who think in a certain way. Because, of course, if we were to make like an AI program, just like a robot, if they were to be organic or in, in that sense, like they will have like a certain like way of like thinking or that matter of mentality in one way or another. So it's like, okay, well, here I go again. That makes sense. So, uh, yeah, that would be my top two, if anything. 
like just him having to bring her into the apartment and seeing what he's about, what she's about, and then automatically he actually knows they're Nexus Six. He's like, "Oh, you're a Nexus Six because I engineer you." So it's like, "Oh, okay. Well, I know my work from anywhere." So I was just like trying not to like assume anything, but now that I know, I know you're my work, really. So I just wanted to bring that up because that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's my top two. <clears throat> yeah, that's an interesting point that they bring up about, like, you know, yeah. how, like, autistic folk, you know, mm-hmm. in this world. Like, I mean, if they go through that, um, what is it, the VK test? I don't know what VK stands for, I forget. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something. Yeah, that's something. Yeah. That's something similar that they do. Like with the androids too, so it's just like, oh, again, there's that reflection or that similarity. Yeah, like I mean, how how would they like how how would autistic folk pass that test? You get me? Mm-hmm. Like I mean, I'm sure some can, you know, but I mean, yeah. I would be surprised if they. But I think they use it, yeah, or you know, or like they, you know. Yeah, but I mean. The purpose of that was just like to detect if that person is really on the spectrum or not, you know. So I think going into this movie, they're using that test the same way they were to like someone that's autistic or you know on the spectrum, one way or another. So it's like okay. The VK test that I'm talking about is from the movie. That's so that's what they the use. Yeah, that's that's what they use to 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 determine whether. This is a replicant or not? Yeah. So I'm wondering if it, what I'm about sure. when they test an autistic person? Do you get yeah, me? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's that back test is based on like what they test on people who are on the spectrum because they do have a test for that. Yeah. You know, I would yeah, I'm sure they do. I'm yeah, sure they have they do. Yeah, multiple they do. ways of determining that. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they have that kind type of sense in uh, one way or another. So it's like, okay, yo. There's certain things that are like based on reality. So again, this is art. So it's like a reflection of our life in that one way or another. <laughs> so yeah, that was a good pick. Um, <laughs> honorable mentions, I would say we already talked about the interrogation scene. We just talk. About, you know what? I'm gonna put that interrogation scene. Both interrogations have been seen for yeah, good. So the one with Rachel too. Yeah. This is the one nice yeah. place? Yeah, sure, I guess. Is that part of the test? No. Just warming you up, that's all. Sorry, just uh, a little. It's not fancy or anything. You're in a desert. Walking along in the sand when all of a sudden... Is this the test now? Yes. You're in a desert walking along in the sand when all of a sudden you look... What one? What? What desert? It doesn't make any difference what desert is completely hypothetical. But how come I'd be there? Maybe you're fed up. Maybe you want to be by yourself. Who knows? You look down and you see a tortoise, Leon. It's crawling towards you. Tortoise? What's that? You know what a turtle is? Of course. Same thing. Yeah. So that clip that I showed, or actually played, um, yeah, really coming back to it, we that's the first thing we talked about. But also now that I'm thinking about it, it does set 
the world well in essence because it also sets up like okay well he doesn't know what a tortoise is because nobody knows what a tortoise is at this point because all our animals are extinct so it's also setting up that um that part that detail in that world is like okay yeah but it's also interesting because like no one knows what a tor- tortoise is. Well, some people do. Obviously, the the integrator, the older ones, yeah, yeah, you know. Do. But even though, even the people that don't know, they'll know of it. You know, yeah. like for example, Leon, Leo, whatever his name is, um, didn't know it, what a, what a tor- tortoise is, tortoise is, tortoise. but he knew what a turtle was he even says says same thing says himself i I don't know what it is Uh, he says something like i don't i've never seen one but i I know what it is something like like, no he says like what is that and then he says and then the interrogator says like oh so it's like sort of like a turtle so he's giving him an idea of what that animal is so it's like yeah sort of like a turtle he knows what a turtle is yeah so there's a sense like, okay, well, it brings up this question, like, well, not brings up this question, but it brings up like this detail that he knows what a turtle is because he might have seen like an artificial turtle, but they haven't, they haven't made like an artificial tortoise because they didn't see that as like, you know, something significant to like bring back or, you know, make a replicate. If I remember, if I remember yeah. correctly, you think Lina says, "I don't." Know, I, it's something along the lines of, "I've, I've never seen one, but I know what a turtle is." Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what he says. Yeah. So it gives um, an idea. So it's like, okay, well, again, interesting word, because they do say, they do call androids as replicants. So everything else, every animal that they made artificially is a replicant because they are replicating like these animal species so it's like okay well you know what a turtle is but you know a tortoise is a specific animal but it wasn't significant enough to like bring him back or make a replicant out of it so it's like okay that's interesting you know it kind of shows you like okay there's a limited amount of like species that you will want to bring back, which is true because there's actually like species that have become endangered over the years, and they brought them back because they thought it was important enough. So it's just like okay, but in this world, it tells you like okay, tortoise. I don't know. You would have to live in Earth to know what a tortoise is, but for a replicant that's been like in Mars and everything. You wouldn't know what a tortoise is. You know what I mean? He's just like, okay, it's a specific animal, but only if you're from Earth, you would kind of know because they're extinct or they're close to extinction. So it's just like, oh, it's one of those cases, in essence. Yeah. That's what it's telling me. I don't know. Yeah. Um, besides that, I mean, I would say like towards the end, yeah, I would say towards the end. Saying, yeah, when Batty is actually fighting like Harrison Ford. Which kind of brought me to thinking about like, um, yeah, he's the main bad guy, but he knows he's going to die. But I think he's 
kind of spent and kind of like messed around with uh Deckard long enough to know like yeah he feels pain he's a human enough at this point what's the point of fucking killing him let me show you like what I have to say in my final words or you know what it means to live during my final moments which is kind of big of like the protect the antagonist to do because the antagonist was like oh going against someone but at the end of the day it's just like I'm about to die. I'm about to be the bigger man, which is ironic because he's an android. So he's just like becomes the most human by saving him and showing him like telling him like, oh, there's things that you humans wouldn't believe. And I experienced all this shit. But you know what? At the end of the day, I only lasted four years and my memory's gone to shit and no one's ever going to remember this shit. It's just kind of like sad and poetic at the same time because when you come to being poetic, there's some truth and there's some pain that comes into it. So it's like, oh shit, you know, <laughs> which I mean, that last line that he says is just goes down in cinematic history and play it. In a magazine, you come across a full page nude photo of a girl. Is that's this not it. That's not it. A replicant or a lesbian, Mr. Deckard? Sorry, that's not it. How did I actually put it? <sighs> Damn it. <laughs> I think I played it over. But honestly, he be basically has to, he basically tells Deckard, like, just exactly what I just said before that he wouldn't believe what humans. I would say he's seen all this shit like in fucking different planets, which he never seen the movie, but it is mentioned in like in the beginning of the movie that, you know, this colony is in Mars. This colony is in like different planets at this point. And, you know, his memory and his emotion towards those memories, which we actually do see in his fucking character throughout the whole movie. Like, he feels sorry for prison when he dies. And he kind of feels it. Yeah. Um, shit. I mean, but. it makes you wonder, like, okay, the fact that, you know, he's experienced more in a shorter amount of time. Is Does that make him more human than a human? Yeah. You get me? Yeah. But he also does say, like, you're also, he has to do something with fear. You also have that emotion of fear, so that, in a sense, makes you a slave. Which is ironic, because, like, his whole ordeal, in one way or another, like, his, he wanted to live long, because he, in, in one way or another, did fear death. He didn't want to go to expired. And when his time came, it was just, it was kind of good timing on that. Well, I mean, every movie is good timing. <laughs> is that he got to say his final thing and I was say like, okay, well, you know, I experienced all that shit, but at the end of the day, our memory is just going to go down as like nothing. It's going to be forgotten as tears in the rain. Which is, Nihilism. Poetic. 
now poetic. he's poetic. Because, you know, how can you tell the difference between a tear and a raindrop? So it's just like gonna drain down in the flow. It's just like, fuck. So <laughs> that's fucking deep. And I'm pretty sure every cinematic nerd has cried through that fucking monologue a thousand yeah. times, you know? <laughs> Now you're making me think of, like, the scene before that scene, the whole chase. Yeah. Of, like, Decker getting chased down, him running for his life, and about to die. Like, was that the replicant's, like, version of, like, a test? You know? To make him realize, to make him see, oh, okay, can I get this replicant or human being, a really advanced replicant or human being, this other replicant or maybe other, I you see, know, I see or, it. yeah, human being, to realize, like, hey, you know, I'm a replicant, but like, I can still emote. You can yeah. still relate to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, no, you're you know? on, yeah, you're on a nap because the emote is pretty much equivalent. Because he's speaking on about like the fear of like dying, but also ironically, the whole point of coming to Earth was based on like that fear of dying, having to, you know, having to find or requesting more expansion towards his life, and then here you have Decker running for his life. Fearing his for his life and, and having to like you know in desperate times he will do anything he even climb climb up that fucking like um the closet or no not the closet but like the cabinets and whatnot just to like get up high and just like avoid from being killed by Roy and then Roy's like you know at this point like going back again with like you know, you have a few minutes of your life. Now that you know, you could do whatever the fuck you want. He's basically like having to um, uh, embrace that, not giving a fuck. So he's the one like giving out the fear, not giving a fuck. I mean, not giving a fuck. That's what people most fear. And he, pretty much at the end of it, he's just like, yeah, Decker is scared for his life. And I see that. But also, I come to the end of this point. It's just like, fear brought me here, and fear brought you here as well. So they're at a certain equivalent point. That it's just like, you know, this is all I got to tell you. I'm not the typical bad guy that you thought I was. And in the end of the day, he became a bigger man. And Roy died as a human being in that sense. So it's like, it's beautiful. I could be more like a human being plus, if you will. Yeah, so he took that in a mature way. You could have killed him, but it's like, kind of thought about it. It's just like, I'm an intelligent higher being or equivalent to. So it's like, what am I going to get out of it? With Tyrell, he straight up killed him because it was just like despiteful for him. He couldn't help him from expanding. His life longer, so again, going back to nihilism, it's just like there's no point, so it's like, ah, oh, fuck you, and then straight up kill him. 
But when it comes to Deckard, it's just like, oh, well, fuck that. So it's like, there's no point. So again, this is like, oh, that's it. Yeah. Going all around itself to, I mean, there's different points. I mean, it's a movie that definitely makes you think a lot in that sense. But yeah, um, this has come to the end. The end is just what, what the point of the movie is. Well, depending on which ending you want, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, what we talked about before is like, okay, either we care or not, is, you know, Deckard a replicant or not. But, I mean, after watching the movie this whole time, I mean, machines are supposed to be cold, but the way that the humans in this movie carry themselves kind of seems cold. It's almost replicant, but at the end of the day, it's like, no, they just, they act cold because they're showing no remorse for something that they perceived as cold. So it's just like, kind of gives that sense. Um, but yeah, like it comes to that question. I honestly, I never thought about like that question, like, oh, is um, Deckard a, a replicant or not? I never thought about that question until like a few years ago. Because to me, I don't think that even matters. I think it's just like the other things that we mentioned or, you know, the themes that this movie is trying to say that that was the point of the movie. I don't think like Deckard being a replicant at the end of the movie, what you think or not, it was actually the point of the movie. I, I think that's just something that's just like, okay, that's something to think about. That's an afterthought, if you will, you know? Yeah, like, I mean, the, the, the movie, you know, it doesn't really matter in regards to the movie, you get me? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the people that, you know, insist on whether it does matter, I think they're thinking about it beyond the movie. Like, you know, okay, what if I meet someone, fall in love with them, and find out they're a replicant? Would that matter to me? You get me something like that, you know? Um, like I, I studied, you know, a little bit of philosophy and um this this kinda of dives into, you know, philosophy of mind a little bit of like, you know the whole replicant issue. Like, I mean if you create a replicant given memories and experiences, past experiences, like a, a history, like a background and like, you know, it matters to them and like, you know, it's real to them, like like are they Human, like, is there a certain point where you can say, "Oh no, they're they're a conscious being. They have a soul." Yeah, you get me. Yeah, um, you know. Um, I remember writing a paper on this, and like writing a paper on this, and like the the, the analogy that I kind of used with that paper mm-hmm. was, um, okay, let's say I send, let's say I send, let's say. This doesn't sound a little weird, I but let's say, Sergio, yeah. I can't hear you, Sergio. Yeah, it's hypothetical. Yeah, it's yeah, hypothetical. Um, but let's say, Sergio, I send you a selfie of me. Okay. Like, all right. Now, I still have that selfie. My selfie doesn't delete, but you now have that selfie. Now, the question comes up, like, is your selfie an original selfie or a copy of my selfie? 
Yeah, because there's that question like, oh, how many times could it be du uh, duplicated? But yeah, and what doesn't make the answer is like what doesn't make it original? Know. What doesn't make it original? The yeah. fact that I send it to the fact that I still have it, that mine still exists, and like there's a whole endless freaking Pandora box of like you know yeah of like yeah. questions <laughs> that go that that you know you answer one question and it just makes you ask like a hundred more. You get me? Yeah. You just but went yeah. into that um. What do you call it? That looking mirror, if you will. Yeah. That possibilities of having to go through like that looking glass. There you go. The looking mm -hmm. glass of the possibilities of like you never know the answer, but uh if you go through that rabbit hole, you're never gonna come out of it the same way. So it's just like you know. But yeah, it's definitely going into that uh thread of it all. So it's just like oh shit. So I mean that's that's what the movie is designed to be. It's like oh fuck. <laughs> if any. Yeah, but in terms of the movie, I, th I don't think it matters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, aside from this movie, I really want to go into the legacy because it really created like the um the genre of like cyberpunk. I mean, I have my whole background. That's this is cyberpunk. This is neon color. Metropolitan uh, city. <laughs> Sorry. That it's very colorful, very lifeful, very technological. And honestly, it comes straight up from Japan, but also it could come out straight up from this movie. And technology is always going to be ongoing. And there's always going to be that thought about like what it means to be human. I mean, this is a whole subgenre of like cyberpunk because this movie brought it forward like about movies that influence like movies like um and like anime movies like freaking oh fuck I'm like I'm gonna get Ghost in the Shell and also the Matrix, which also the Matrix was like influenced by Ghost in the Shell, but I mean, there's a whole thread about like the ongoing futuristic future and the future of ai having to ongoing and having to question like what what, what what validates memory what validates like to be human in itself and you know this movie definitely in its in existence like i'm glad that it brought forward like those threads and that process of thinking because you wouldn't have the movies that we had right now you know we would have like ghost in the shell or the matrix or even like something as recent as like I hate to say, but like Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, you know, because they brought for whole culture, a whole fucking aesthetic about Japanese American, but also te technology, and also about the question about what it means to be human and the memories and the sentiments that come along with it into one like full. Um, into a full genre if you will and i mean this movie could be questioned and could be like you know you'll put this movie into like a philosophical class and then have it to discuss and have it to question everything that it's saying in itself and now i'm realizing this is actually my final word on the fucking movie <laughs>
you know, because that's really bringing it home to like everything that I think about what this movie represents, what this movie is about. And I'm glad it exists for everything, what it says and what it does. So, uh, going on that, that is the final word. I mean, what's your final word on this movie? <laughs> Yeah, I've been meaning to watch this movie, but, uh, you know, it's been on my list, but I just haven't, there's a lot of movies on my list, there's a lot of shows on my list, there's a lot of books on my list, and a lot of plays, you know, but uh, this gave me good reasons to actually, you know, buckle down and sit and watch it, you know, uh, I do look forward to watching Blade Runner 2049, but I don't know, I'm sure you've seen it, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't know. I mean, I do look forward to watching that. Um hopefully sometime soon. I don't know. Um also like you know, I was looking through like the all the different platforms that have the movie. Like HBO Max has uh, Blade Runner, the final cut. Netflix has the uh, the final cut. Um and I think that's it. Yeah, I think, a, well, I mean, like, Amazon Prime has it to rent or buy, so does YouTube, you get me? But, um, yeah, but while I was researching, like, you know, while I was searching for it on the platforms, uh, when I searched it on HBO Max, apparently there's, a, like, a TV show, like a TV animation show. Yeah, no, there's an animated series on that, but that's oh. based after the events of 2049, so, yeah. Yeah, I look even forward to watching that. Maybe checking that out, you yeah, know? Yeah, check it out and you just do that. Because I'm definitely going to check it out just to see, like, how that holds <laughs> up. Because i definitely yeah. seen that. Um, I mean, besides the final card, I, I did see the sequel. And after the sequel, they did have, like, animated series and all that. So it's like, okay, well, there's definitely, like, more to it than it is. But they definitely want to expand this world more than it is. So it's like, okay, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, I can see that uh, it, it does deserve that. Yeah, you know. Uh, then, you know, um, how how was that? Them still pursuing the questions that you know open yeah. up. Yeah, that does. So yeah, I know you didn't see that movie. So, um, I was thinking to bring it up that movie but i feel like that's a conversation for another day if anything yeah it's, definitely a, good it's a good movie yeah yeah sure. all right so i think we're already i'll talk this whole movie in itself in like about what like two hours yeah like over two hours so i think we were pretty much pooped um it's a definitely good pick honestly i'm so glad i call you on this because i know you were like a philosophical or a philosophy major minor sorry <laughs> so you know i definitely wanted to ask you about like oh what do you get out of this movie and i'm glad you get the moral central uh idea of this movie so it's like oh yeah there's definitely a lot to talk about so you know i'm glad you yeah. came through you know Appreciate you forcing me to watch this movie finally. <laughs> I didn't force you, but I was just like, hey, have you watched the movie? He's like, it's on my list. No, I was like, okay. The key word is appreciate. Trust me. Yeah. The key word is not force. Trust okay. me. I appreciate 
Yeah. yeah, I I didn't want you to use force, but yeah, appreciate is a better word. So you know, um, no, because I mean, otherwise, I would have probably it would have still been on my list. You get me? Um, like I've been on your podcast before, like, you know, um, I'm glad to do it. Not just cause I'm your friend, but I do have a good time. It's a good excuse to drink and yeah, <laughs> get introduced to more beer. Well, a good excuse, yeah. Good excuse to watch the movie and then drink. So it's like, oh yeah. So, yeah. So, and you know, discuss film, which I love doing. The only thing I love discussing more than film is theater, you know, cause I'm theater geek, but yeah. Um, yeah, we gotta have, but, uh, yeah. we gotta have another theater episode, so we're definitely gonna have that in the works. Yeah. Well, let me know. Yeah, you man. know, that's my favorite topic right there. You're no. <laughs> All right. With that said, um, yeah, we just talk about Blade Runner. Um, we have more to come. There's more movies to come. You're definitely gonna be welcome into it, Eric, in the future. Thank uh, you. Okay, well, just to give you a sneak peek, um, we are going to talk about Unforgiven, uh, the Clint Eastwood movie. We still need to talk about Austin Powers. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good episode right there. Yeah, awesome. Gonna be, yeah, because it came out in 97, so it's going to be like in its anniversary. Um, that makes sense. There's definitely going to be a Quentin Tarantino in the future. Tarantino film um, episode in the future because Reservoir Dogs is going to be in its uh, 30th anniversary. Yeah, 30th anniversary this year. So I know that for a fact because Manny was born in 92, so he's 30. And then now this movie's going to be 32. So it's like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so we're definitely going to have that in the future, more film episodes. Um, but we're not going to fill up with film. We're going to fill up with like more video games, more uh, beer episodes. There's going to be a couple beer festivals coming up in the future. So look forward to that. Um, so it's going to be all good. So so if you want to find us, we're at Golden Craft Cast and IG, Instagram. Uh, check us out in like Spotify. We're on video. So we can, you know, see our pretty faces. Spotify, we're also on YouTube. Uh, catch us up on Anchor. Catch us up on anywhere we can find podcasts. So this has been a good one. I'm Sergio. This is Eric. Eric Rodriguez. So this has been a good one. Uh, I'm glad I had you on this episode, Blade Runner. Blade Runner is definitely a good movie that's Definitely gonna be talk about like generations from generations from now, and you know I don't know if the <sighs> I feel like I'm like one of the lucky ones, one of those generations that you know I didn't appreciate that shit now, but now I appreciate it. Like now that I'm actually much older and appreciate what life is about. So you know it's been good. So I'm glad I had you, man. You're a good dude. Thank you. Thank you. So, this is a golden crap guy. We always have to yeah. run it twice. Welcome to the yeah. So, this is me, Sergio. And that's Eric. Blade Runner Forever. And Evo, and Evo, and Evo. So, catches up.
Having a good one. Thank you. Good night and good luck. Good day.